This is Sylvia Schneider with Equinely Inclined, the equine podcast for the internet horse community. Episode 203, Journey on Summit, It's Not About the Horse. Recorded on November 18th, 2022. Brought to you in part by Pondside Digital Media. You can find out more about Pondside and our equine offerings at www.pondside.com. Hi, I'm Sylvia Schneider, and I'm happy that it's warmed up somewhat around here. Just to give you a hint of what it's been like weather-wise lately, we started here in Alberta, Canada, with above-average autumn temps at about 15 degrees centigrade, so hovering around 60 degrees Fahrenheit. And then Mother Nature decided to punk us by dropping the temperatures drastically with no warning to about minus 15 degrees centigrade or 5 degrees Fahrenheit. So first came the snow and more snow, but then even more drastic plunge to minus 40 degrees. And if you don't know, minus 40 is where Celsius or centigrade and Fahrenheit meet. So no conversion necessary. And you probably can agree minus 40 is cold. So remember I said last episode that it would be easier for me to edit and publish that one because I knew what I was doing. I really shouldn't say things to jinx myself, right? I was so lucky that I saved my final editing version because as I exported it to the file system, the editing software crashed. Yikes. I was thankful that I could open it and export it without issue the second time. And you may have noticed the episode came out a day early. Apparently, I haven't figured out how to schedule episodes for publishing. When I tried to schedule it, the message I received was successfully published. Sheesh. Okay, well, as far as this episode goes, to be perfectly honest, I was having a difficult time getting the content I wanted figured out and put together. I was away in Banff, Alberta, Canada for a few days, and when driving there, we skated along the edge of a horrid winter storm. When we arrived in Banff, our car was encased in ice. I mean, literally, I opened the door and an ice sheet fell off onto the ground. I just kind of looked at it and shrugged. While I was in Banff, I didn't really have my head in the game to get things organized for this episode. I was only back home overnight when I realized worse weather was coming in on the weekend and I needed to get a booster shot before I travel again next month. I never handle these boosters very well and the effects usually blindside me a week or so later. One of the smartest things I did when I was away was to sign up for virtual access to an amazing summit, the Journey On Summit. I almost didn't sign up actually, but I'm so glad I did. The weather was not conducive to working with my horses on the weekend, so after getting my booster shot, I felt totally entitled to just sit under a cozy blanket and enjoy the summit presenters from afar. I'll talk more about this summit later, but first, I just want to share the challenges of coming up for content for the podcast. So normally, I'd be out watching events, interviewing participants, and I'd have everything planned out for the future episodes. That is not the case right now. Farm Fair International, where we've done many interviews in the past, has shockingly no equine component. And if you've listened to the podcast in the past, you'll also remember hearing interviews with clinicians and trainers from the Saskatchewan Equine Expo. This has always been in February, and now it's moved to October. I can't believe I missed it. 
There were at least three clinicians or equine experts that I would have interviewed there, and probably, all in all, I would have come away with eight interviews. So, although I joke about it, I haven't really discovered a time machine yet, and I'm still going to see if I can get some interviews from people who spoke there, but it's easier when I'm at events in person. So, what is this episode going to be about, you might ask? Well, horses and the bigger picture, I'd say. Let's just start by saying it's kind of about horses and the bigger picture around horses. When people decide they want to learn about horses, how to care for them, and ultimately how to ride them, they think they're learning about the horses. Sometimes it might take a while, but eventually they realize they are learning more about themselves through their interactions with the horses. I could say a lot more about this, and probably will in another episode, but that's sort of what this episode is about. The things that people have learned about life and connection with others, often through horses and the people who love and work with them. I do have an interview today, and I promise I'm getting to it, but first, a lot of people in Canada and the USA and many places in the world are burnt out. Life is hard. There are many challenges. So many people I have met have become very apathetic about life and are just making their way through each day, putting one foot in front of the other. They don't want to have to think, they just want to be left to live their life in difficult times. And difficult is relative. Relative to who you are, where you live, and how much things have changed. Mostly relative to what you've been used to. Maybe that's why the inaugural Journey on Summit in Texas seemed to be the right thing at the right time for many people. It was something that nurtured a lot of horse lovers' bodies, minds, spirits, and souls. I attended this summit virtually, and it was like a mini vacation from life. I came away from the experience feeling renewed with a fresh outlook on life and my horsey experiences. I learned a lot of new things from the speakers' presentations, and it was somewhat like a reunion for me, as many of the presenters there were people we've interviewed for this podcast. And at the time of recording this episode, the live stream replays are available for purchase. I would love as many people as possible to gain the insight from these speakers as I did. And no, I'm not an affiliate for the replay purchases. I'll tell you at the end of this interview where to go to purchase the replays. So part of the reason I'm late with this episode is because I've been trying to connect with someone who attended the summit in person, and it's been a little tricky, but through the help of someone in a Facebook group I'm in, I've been linked up with Jane Kameny Brown, who I have never met in real life. We did do a little meet and greet virtually. You know, there are some really positive aspects of the internet for which I am grateful. There were 23 presenters over three days, and the depth and breadth of the information was more than I could tackle sharing on my own. It's nice to have someone to help me with this task. I'm hoping together, without giving away all the details, we can give you a taste of why the summit is worth the price of the replay. So without further ado, let's chat with Jane Kameny Brown. Well, I am super stoked to be here with you, Jane. And as I was telling our listeners, you and I have never met in real life. True. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's kind of cool. I, I do, I, what's that? There is technology. 
<laughs> there is technology. We're a long way away. So the lag is kind of big. And sometimes we're going to wind up talking over one another, but we'll figure it out, right? <laughs> so um, I always start out by asking our guests to introduce themselves and maybe briefly tell us, tell our listeners how they happen to get started with horses. Do you mind giving us a little information on your background? Um, no, not at all. Um, I, when I was a little kid, I was completely horse crazy. I don't know why, but it just, I can't, I, I was hatched that, that way. So um, <laughs> any opportunity, I, I had to be anywhere near horses or, or anything. Um, I was around horses. We didn't, we didn't have them. I didn't have horses growing up. I, we, we didn't, it wasn't part of my life, but um, we had an, a rental stable near, not, not too far away. And whenever I could finagle my mom to bring us there, I went for a ride and uh, my parents were very kind and they knew how much I loved horses. So we got to go to a dude ranch every summer just so that I could get my horse fix and I could ride for <laughs> a week every summer. And my brother and sister had to put up with that. So uh, that was very, very nice of them. And um, when I became a teenager, we discovered that there was a, a guy that had horses right near my high school that I could ride every Tuesday as he would round them up and you could ride these horses and they were English and so they could jump a little bit. And that was super cool. And then I found yeah. out that that guy did free leases on the horses. So I got a free lease horse from him and I rode that poor guy um, every single day, every, every daylight moment when I had him until I, I, I had him for six months. I literally wore his shoes off five weeks. Oh they would goodness. be worn all through <laughs> and I rode him bareback. I didn't have a saddle at fifth him. So uh, he was a great teacher for me, taught me a lot mm -hmm. and uh, we couldn't afford to feed him after six months. So I had to turn him back in. And by then I was a pretty decent rider and uh, I never had lessons. So I, I was horse taught. And I found other horses to ride in the canyon, and uh, they were all the horses that nobody else wanted to ride. So um, those guys all had great lessons to teach me. And um, a lot of them, there were reasons that people didn't want to ride these horses. And I had a lot of stuff going on as a teenager. So um, you had a pretty troubled teen, and they had pretty troubled horses. And, and we all, we both helped each other, and I learned an awful lot from them. And, uh, and they kept me, they kept me going through those teenage years. And I'm very grateful to, to all of them and all the lessons they had to teach me. Uh, so that was really, yeah. really meaningful to me in my life for sure. And they made me a really, I could sit a horse. I mean, <laughs> I, I could help them through their tough stuff and, and I could sit on them. So that really helped me out a lot. And, uh, going forward, um, I met my husband when I was in college and I was working in a thoroughbred ranch there in college in, in central valley in california uh, let's see i worked at several ranches thoroughbred ranch an arabian ranch a polo pony we're exercising polo ponies and my husband's family had a cattle ranch down in mexico so there was an off the track thoroughbred there taught me how to work cattle amazing amazing horse he was that taught me everything about cows so they've just been in my life <laughs> for my entire life and uh <laughs> I didn't get my own personal horse until I was about 43 and I got my, my mm. horse and she's, uh, I think it was 43. Anyway, she's 17. Uh, she's 17. She's a uh, 22 now that one and, uh, had her for 17 years. 
and she's mm. she was I bought her so she didn't end up at slaughter. She was a very challenging horse, and she has just become my just my sweetest partner ever, and uh, I love her to death. And I have a, a she I bred her once. I have a son from her. He's eleven, and I have another horse, a twenty-four year old Arabian also, and uh, pet her for. I sold her and got her back. So I have three horses and I also have a donkey that we rescued from a fire about two and a half years ago. Donkey, a mammoth jack donkey stallion. I have had, had him for a wow. couple of years. And he's the sweetest thing, sweetest thing on four legs. So that's my yeah. little herd. <laughs> that's great. And, and donkeys and mules are quite a different story as well. So everything that, uh, that you can learn about kind of the things that we learned about through this conference go well in hand with working with donkeys and mules for sure. Um, so you also have a, like a business as well, do you not? Like the um, to do with the Masterson method or? I, I am a Masterson, Masterson certified practitioner. So I do Masterson method. Um, mm -hmm. I, do, I do a few, I do a few outside horses here and there. I mostly work on mine, but I do a few for friends um, and and, and so a few other people, but I, I don't want to take too much time away from my own horses. I'm very dedicated to my herd, but I will help. Right. Uh, I have other people who need help here and there. And I def I, I Masterson method is, is um, I, I followed it for a long, long time. Uh, a friend of mine, Sandy Greenberg, who is very, um, very instrumental in the Masterson, the whole Masterson machine, <laughs> I guess I would have to say uh, she works very <laughs> Jim and she's a she's a train she's a teacher and a sort of she does a certified um she does a certification classes and teaches a lot of other classes and works closely with Jim well when she was first getting her certification she was at our ranch and my horses were her first her first um case studies and I was doing the write-ups for her and I was just completely over over the moon with the stuff it was amazing and I was a Masterson groupie for a long time <laughs> until I finally uh, took my classes and, and got my certification. I've seen it do amazing things for horses, but not just horses. It does amazing things for us, the people who are working on the horses. It teaches us to be present. And um, I, I, I swear I get as much out of it as the horses do. It's, it's amazing. So yeah. if, if you yeah. haven't done and watched like a Masterson YouTube video on Bladder Meridian and tried it yourself, I would recommend it. It's free and anyone can do it. That's the beauty of the Masterson method. Anybody can right. do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited about embarking on some of that. And I would love to, to do more and learn more, but mm, that's another topic for another time. How did you <laughs> find yourself to be at the summit? So this is the Journey on Summit, and it's it the inaugural Journey on Summit. How did you uh, find yourself at the summit live? Yeah. Um, well, so um, I have known of Warwick work and Robin for a long time because they lived down the street from me uh, years and years ago when work was training for a fellow whose daughters were in my class. Um, and in fact, Tyler was in my class as well when he was in third grade a long time ago. <laughs> I knew of them. Um, so it was a long time ago. And um, I had done clinics with him years and years ago and kind of come back and forth. And anyway, I was 
um, I was a member of the, you know, the video subscriber, I was a video subscriber and, and mm -hmm. had watched the transformation um, and was kind of very, very interested and very much learning a lot from the videos and the transformation. And I do train horses as well and uh, gotten a lot from the, from the videos. And he, he's helped me along the way with some really challenging horses I've had. Um, and then he started the podcast, I guess, when COVID started around COVID time and, and him being vulnerable and sharing his journey and having the people on that he has had on this podcast and these amazing guests and them sharing their journeys. And honestly, work is a fabulous interviewer and the stuff that he's gotten from out of the guests, the, the podcast guests and what they've shared have just enriched my life and my experience so much. Um, I have reached out to, to several of these podcast guests. I've done work with some of them in one-on-one. -on -one. I've done classes with others. Um, and I, they have, I, I can't even tell you how much my life has improved and in just the fulfillment has just, it's off the charts. So, yeah. um, when, when he said he was doing the podcast summit, there was no question in my mind that I was going. <laughs> I, I mean, some of, the people, some of the people I had only met on Facebook or spoken to uh, over Zoom, because we've done Zoom meetings with some of these people, one-on-ones mm -hmm. and stuff. But um, to, to get to be in the same room with this many amazing people that I've, that I've heard of that have changed my life and improved my life um, was just an opportunity I did not want to miss. So right. I was going to be there. I, I was, I was sad. He moved from Rancho Murrieta to Texas. Cause I don't like flying and I don't like traveling. And Rancho Murrieta was only a three hour drive, but you know, I was going to do what had to be done. <laughs> yeah. I guess you do what you have to do. Right. Well, um, so I, I'm just uh, trying to figure out now what else what else do I want to ask so I know there's this is this is like a big thing to try and t take on and it's like I was I attended uh, on the live stream and you attended live and that was two totally different environments can you tell me a little bit about the live environment what it was what was it like when you first arrived as opposed to when you left <laughs> Well, when I first arrived, I'm flying in on this airplane and, you know, airplanes are sort of noisy and I'm reading, I'm reading a book on the airplane. I was finishing Nishan's book on the airplane because I was like, oh, I'm going to meet Nishan. I'm going to finish his book. Um, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, you know, airplanes are noisy and I start to hear these ladies over in the, in, in the other passenger seat next to me. And I think I'm hearing lick and chew and horses. And I'm like, going. <laughs> I finally looked over there and said, are you guys going to the podcast summit? And turns out it was Terry Kubler and her friend, Lori Justin, and they were definitely going to the podcast summit. Lori goes, yeah, she's presenting. And I was like, Terry Kubler. Oh my God. I loved hearing your podcast. So that was my first thing flying in. And then we just started blah, blah, blowing on the plane. So that was amazing. And then I was going, well, how are you guys getting from the airport to the hotel? And apparently, um, 
that was all arranged by Robin. So they said, yeah, but we ran into JP doll. He's coming from Sacramento. We didn't know he was on the plane with us, but he was, and we got off the plane and JP was in the airport and he's a, he's a going to be a next year's podcast guest. He was the one who did the Mustangs and he was sleeping in the pen with the Mustangs and he works with the guys on the Mustangs. Anyway, his, his podcast was really cool. So anyway, um, he, he and I ended up sharing a lift to get to the air from the airport to the, to the hotel. So that was my introduction to landing in San Antonio, <laughs> two podcast guests right then and there. I'm like, okay, well wow. that was really cool. And then you're, you're walking through the hotel and you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm, and I'm rooming with Susan Fay, who's another podcast guest. So mm-hmm. I, I met, met with her there and we went up in the room and I'm just like, I, my head's on a swivel. I'm like, look, there's people everywhere. Everyone's got their, you know, I, I guess I got my, um, my podcast badge first because because Su- Susie got it for me. So, um, the first night, I mean, I got there at like almost five and the meet and greet was at five 30. So the timing was pretty good and uh, meet and greet, uh, the, the way the hotel was set up was super good. Um, there was like food, I guess it was like sort of a supper thing that the hotel set up at five 30 on this big, the floor with the food, <laughs> there was a whole floor with food <laughs> and you could walk around and schmooze with people. So it was really great. So you could just walk around and and flit around like a bee from a flower to flower from one table to another and say hi and meet people a networking event kind of yeah 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 and robin set everything up she was amazing Amazing. i I know she knows this was her thing she was in her Mm -hmm. elements i'm guessing this is what she knew how to do which was just i mean that's why it all worked tyler was in his element with all of the with all the techno stuff and Robin got yeah. all, all of the pieces put together like this and then work loves to talk. So that worked, you know, and it just, everything worked perfectly. It yeah. was amazing. So, um, right. so you're walking around and you're seeing all these people and like, could it be that, is it that person? You know, it's like, they're like sort of celebrities, but not, you know, and everybody's energy was supercharged. I mean, there was so much excitement and energy and anticipation everywhere. I mean, it was just electrified. The air was just electrified. It was amazing. And I mean, I I was running, I had friends that were coming there that I knew that were going, you know, everyone was like, Oh, I'm going, are you going, are you going, you know? So there was a lot of people I knew that I would see, but there was other people that were there that I was like, Oh, wow, you're there. And that was really cool. And but everyone was a friend so everyone you met was whether you met them before or not they were a friend because we were there for the common purpose so yeah it was well i remember when uh when rupert isaacson uh, came on and he was presenting and he said there's no backbiting here and he says like backbiting is fairly normal in my experience and he said there's no backbiting here and he says i think that everyone here is very kind so i think that's a good place for me to say that because that that what you're saying demonstrates that that truly was what was happening everybody was getting along very well <laughs> there, kindred there spirits was not, yeah there was nothing like that everybody was like i said they everyone was a friend whether you met mm-hmm. them or not you could walk up to anybody and just like, Hey, what's going on? You know, let's have a conversation. They're like, sure. Sit on down. You know, you want to go to lunch with us? Sure. You know, just come on, join our, join our party. You know, there was no exclusion. 
nowhere. Yeah. There was no. That is. It was wonderful. That is wonderful. You know, um, is this the first? Um, let's call it. Let's call it a horse conference. Even though I know that would that would make Warwick unhappy to hear me say a horse conference, but let's call it a horse conference. Is that the first horse conference you've been to? I mean, I've been to some shows, I guess, you know, I've been to, yeah. I, I, I showed my horse a, a few times and like yeah. to some national, I took them to nationals and a few um, smaller shows and you hang out with your buddies. I mean, you don't, you don't yeah, go. Yeah, it's not the same thing. You're no. going to walk up to somebody you don't know. Well, you know, once in a while you would, but, you know, or yeah. somebody that you thought you wanted to meet or something, but, you know, th there would be a, people would have their guard up, you know, like, who are you it's and what true, do you want? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, there was and that you know, um, there so that I've I've been to uh, the Horse Breeders and Owners Conference many many times, and we used to have uh, presenters from all over the world. But they always used to say that they could not believe that there was something like that in Alberta, and that it was so well attended, and that there was nothing like that where they came from. Now. The Horse Breeders and Owners Conference, even though it was an amazing conference with wonderful presenters, it's not the same as what the Journey On Summit was like because because of the the content. But still, it's really funny that um, <laughs> um, for the podcast we've interviewed many of the same people. So um, yes. Dr. Stephen Peters and. Karen Rolfe, and I know I saw uh, Barbara Sch uh, Schulte, 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 Schulte. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Schulte. Um, I know I saw her speak um, at the conference, but I think that was pre-podcast, so I don't think we actually interviewed her, but, oh, and Josh Nickel, and just some amazing people, so, um, but it wasn't the same, like, I could even get that sense, only from being in the live stream, that it wasn't the same, and you said a lot of people have been talking about it, and saying it's been like, the Woodstock of the horse world. <laughs> yeah, that's what people are, are saying for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, well, I guess it's because it's such a change. Um, it's just like such a paradigm shift in in focus and energy. You know, yes. I think there's there was so much um, there was so much depth. It's funny because everybody, you know, there's 20, 23 presenters that ended up being because Rupert came to and nobody discussed what they were going to talk about prior to the conference, I think. And yeah. there, yet there was a common thread running through the speeches and yeah. um, so much was about, um, so much was about energy. Mm -hmm. um, it was about love. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was about, it was so deep. There was so much that was about, intuition and connectedness and it uh, so much wasn't about horses at all <laughs> mm -hmm. you know yeah. and, and and that was and that was the thing you know it was this was a horse conference it wasn't about horses it was about yeah. self it was about self-realization it was about uh, it was just so amazing mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, well, I always say that um, the right experience with horses makes people better versions of themselves. And there's no better place than that summit for people to kind of feel 
everything that was going on. And the horses are basically the conduit to help people go through the self-realization. So exactly. why don't why don't we try and do this very difficult task of giving people <laughs> a taste of what the presenters were like? And like I can't think of a better person to start with than Carrie Lake. She opened it and her opening talk was animal communicator be human differently. And <laughs> I was just like, I was so thrilled with her talk. I, I mean, I, I, I really, I signed up last minute for the, for the live stream. Cause I thought like, no, I don't want to miss this. And yet I haven't listened to works podcast. So <laughs> that kind of gives you a, a sense of like, I was just drawn to the information that was in it when I looked at the list of presenters and the schedules. So what did Carrie Lake's presentation, did, did you pull any gems out of hers? Carrie, um, she's one of the people I've done private work with, and I also had her up to my place to do a, a private clinic because I personally, I just absolutely adore the ground she walks on. <laughs> she's, she's just, <laughs> she is an amazing ray of sunshine and light. Um, Carrie, um, her, I think her speech boils down to, it was just, it was all about love, you know, mm -hmm. and about the power of love and, mm -hmm. and, and how powerful and how powerful love is. Um, mm -hmm. and I think that it was so palpable, uh, the, the love and joy that, that she was, that she was offering to, to everybody in, in the moment, um, that you could feel it and it set the stage, I think, for for the way the whole, that everything went along, the whole, everything went along after that. Um, to an individuality and to follow your path and to live your truth. And and that it doesn't, there's nothing wrong with being who you are, however mm -hmm. that looks, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, that, it, it's just so beautiful to be yourself, mm -hmm. you know? In, well, it was so interesting because in the live stream, <laughs> there were lots of comments. And at that point, I didn't have a chance to do any commenting. I was pretty busy that day. And um, one of the people said, oh, well, it almost seems like Carrie Lakes um, saying that horses are the answer to world peace. And I'm going like, yes, <laughs> world peace, one human equine relationship at a time. Um, and I thought that was really funny. But that's basically what she conveyed. She yeah. she did say, she said at age three, when she saw everyone yelling at one another, she decided there had to be a better way to be, and she would be the one to show the world there was a better way. Yeah. 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 Well, she, she's, a, she's a remarkable human being and um, definitely a, a great role model. So. Mm -hmm. Did, did you have some gems uh, from Karen Rolf's uh, presentation? I, you know, I, I had, before I, Karen Rolf had been on his podcast, I had not, I, I was not familiar with her. I'm not a dressage person. I'm a, I'm a trail rider. <laughs> so <laughs> she hadn't entered my world. And then I was like, oh, dressage lady. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, me being mental and all. Uh, I listened to her and I'm going, wow, that lady's cool. And then listening every <laughs> word out of her mouth at this thing, I'm like, this lady is so zen and so cool. Um, I just loved Karen Rolf. I, mm -hmm. 
there, there wasn't anything she didn't say that I just didn't just eat up. I just loved that she, some of the stuff she said, I loved that uh, some of the things I got from her, I wrote that uh, never underestimate the possibility of things to improve in ways you have cannot yet imagine. Mm -hmm. um, that, that was one of the gems I really got from her. Uh, just, she just has, she exudes this sense of calmness and sensibility and, um, and trusting, just trusting and, and trusting it's going to go your way. And, you know, again, not, not overthinking and not pushing and not, not stressing it out. And I think that that was a lot of, uh, a lot of people were saying stuff like that. She, I think she got, let's see, more happiness, uh, about happiness. Mm -hmm. Happiness is, uh, is when you, you think when you say, it was about harmony. There was a normalization. Oh, that was really good. Yeah. Normalization. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it said people were normal. Normalization of smaller disharmonies is the problem. People were, mm -hmm. yeah. And that was what she mm -hmm. said. And, and the yeah. toleration of that, you know, yes. and then she was yes. either love it or change it, you know, and, and stuff yeah. like that. And, and there was a yeah. lot going on, you know, but I would recommend people really just get Get the yeah, spend spend the ninety nine bucks and get this the the live stream because you know we can give you the little bits here and there yeah but I can't I can't do for you what the live stream <laughs> can do for you, <laughs> you know, I can the, give you a little bit I know there, it, 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 it's ninety nine USD down. it's ninety nine yeah. USD which is a little yeah. more in Canadian like I it was one hundred and thirty for me but um, to get access to the replay and you know then you can watch it and you can watch it at your leisure and you can watch it over and over again but it, for me Karen Rolf um you you nailed it uh she talked about the normalization of the real small disharmonies and she said when you do that you wind up in the state of toleration and I went when she said that I went whoa I've done that a lot lived in a state of toleration um yeah. I love that she made up her own training scale. Like I'm familiar with the dressage scale of training and mm -hmm. she made up her own and it all starts at the bottom level of happiness. Am I yeah, and yeah. my horse happy? And then she went up from there. So once again, if you purchase the access to the um, replays, you can listen to what her uh, scale of training is. Um, but she didn't address that in her presentation. She addressed that in the actual panel discussion, I believe. Yeah. And so that's why it's important to go listen to that. Because uh, the, the recording has not just the presentations, but it has panel discussions and it has a Q&A as well. So phenomenal. Um, yeah. Did you have any others that leaped out at you or should I suggest another one? <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Suggest another one. Suggest oh, a way. right. Sure. Dr. Stephen Peters, um, who's a neuroscientist, and he talked about rewiring my autistic brain. And mm -hmm. that, to me, was like, oh, wow. Because <laughs> like, I've interviewed Dr. Stephen Peters before, and I really didn't recognize that he was autistic. However, I did sense there was something just different about him, right? But He's a phenomenal human being. 
He is. And he said, you can create your brain, create the brain that you want in the future. And so he's all about the neuroplasticity of, of brain uh, growth and development. So that was interesting. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I really like the way he, he always says that uh, neurons that fire together, wire together. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, and there's a very challenging horse that I'm working with who's, she's like an autistic horse and trying to, and, and knowing that and having her um, to, to, to create a space for her to um, be able to, to practice the wanted behaviors more frequently than the unwanted behaviors are creating better neural pathways. The neural pathways we want to, we want to encourage and and the other ones are slowly going away which is you know so listening to him i took his class i took the class the equiscience class with him with uh, dr peters and sarah schlote which is was the most amazing class so if uh there i think it's only open for a little while longer if people want to sign up for it it was mind-blowing class between those two then that was another thing i you know with 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 work having both of them on the podcast i was oh aware of that class and um, my degree in psychology um it was the same stuff i learned but so much updated because so much has been learned since then there was no polyvagal theory when i was in college you know it was the, the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system and there was no none of this vague vasovagal and dorsal vagal and all that stuff so it was amazing and wonderful and really pertinent to what we're learning with horses and humans and everything else so um yeah, I didn't write down a lot of stuff with Dr. Peters because I learned so much of that with the, that class. So <laughs> you would have had pages class. and pages of notes. Um, well, I have pages I really, and pages of notes. Yeah, yeah me sure. too. I, I'm really glad you brought up the polyvagal theory because I should mention for our listeners, um, there was a lot of talk about the polyvagal theory, the sympathetic system, the parasympathetic system, and the dorsal and ventral parasympathetic system. If if I'm translating this correctly, am I am I? I just I just wanted people to know that there was a lot of talk about those things because the sympathetic system is part of their automatic fight, flight, or freeze mode. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The the, the whole and, uh, whole polyvagal theory talks about fight, fight, freeze. And it, it's, it's a fascinating, there's a lot to it. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot written on it. And uh, uh, I think it's uh, Stephen Porges and Peter Levine are the two guys who are really the, the front runners in, in that. But Sarah Schlotte is writing a book about it that she's still in the works with constantly because yeah. the, the information keeps changing. Um, but it's super fascinating. And um and it's, it's also helps to, it helps us to understand what's going on in the horse's brain when they get stuck and, yes. and understanding yeah. why us getting bigger when they get stuck doesn't work. No, why, why, exactly. understanding, why understanding and giving the, and we, they talked also a lot in the, in the conference or the summit about the pause and why the pause is so important. You know, the pause came up quite a bit in lots of people's speeches, in lots of people's different speeches. I think it came up in Shea Stewart's. I think it mm -hmm. came up in Jillian Primebring's. 
um, I think it came up in, I don't know how many people, but it came up quite a bit. And it's really important in polyvagal theory. Um, the pause is of the utmost importance. So when you have the opportunity to take advantage of waiting for the pause, it's absolutely huge. And just waiting mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. and, and being able to, the breath, breath was, was a really, uh, was brought up again and again and again because it, mm -hmm. the breath is so important and um, breathing and breath breath work is really important. I came up with Dr. Um, Dr. Fay. It came up with, with, um, with um, Carrie Lake. I mean, mm -hmm. it, that, that was all about what Shay Stewart was about. Uh, I'm sure Jillian brought it up. I don't know. It, it came up again and again and again. So breath was really important. The pause was really important. And I'm sure Jim Masterson must have brought that up. It, it just was a, you know, those were common themes that were continual. Yes, interwoven. Uh, I know balance, yeah, balance and harmony were also were also themes that were uh, that that were just pervasive through everyone's everyone's talks. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and yeah. I never um, I never finished like the sympathetic is the fight, flight, or freeze. Um, the parasympathetic is when they start coming down into their okay. I'm getting back into a normal mode and a, a normal be it grazing or engaging or, you know, a thinking, a thinking mode rather than a automatic, uh, automatic brain mode. But yeah, it, it was pretty amazing. I, one of the speakers, and I'm trying to remember who it was, um, helped me as well realize, because I've been working a lot with my horses with this, um, that it's okay to kind of push that threshold a little mm. bit so that they're not in a narrow band threshold where that's all you ever do. If you push the threshold threshold and get them um, up a little bit where they can kind of stop and think about what it is that you're asking them to do and then start to come down again, it increases that threshold to a more normal kind of a thing without blowing it into the fight, flight or freeze. So I don't know, it, but maybe we're just saying things that are maybe a little too deep. Maybe people need to go back yeah. and they have to listen to the recordings and, and hear what it's all about. Um, I thought Ma uh, Mark Rashi, martial arts and the balance of harmony was um, awesome because I was talking with um, somebody I've met. I mean, we talk online, but I've met them in real life in um, a conference that I volunteered at a non-horse conference I volunteered at in uh, San Diego. And um, we were talking about martial arts. And, you know, I, I just kind of said to her, she's a black belt in martial arts. And I, I commented mm -hmm. that I think it's kind of like working with horses. She probably has to leave her ego at the door of the dojo. Mm -hmm. And she replied every single time. There's just no place for ego. And I think that it's really interesting to equate martial arts where you're mostly working on your own, um, how you how you work with other people. But I feel like the horses bring an even larger component to it because um, they're not people, they're horses. And you really have to leave your ego at the door when you're working with the horses. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um... If, if ego is involved, then the horse's best interest 
is going to take a second, a second, uh, a second, second fiddle place. there. It's a second place there. I think um, with with ego comes agenda, and um, yeah, when there's an agenda, you're not listening to the horse. So um, yeah, I think that that's a really good point. And I think what you were what you were thinking of prior to this was it's called window of tolerance. And yes, and, and I don't know if it was um, Steve or Sarah because that's something they both talk about in their in that in that brain research they were talking about, and they were talking about pushing a little bit into the window of tolerance, and that helps to expand that. You know, it's not flooding. Was, flooding is completely different. Yeah, yeah, flooding no. causes that down, but expanding the just pushing a little into the window of tolerance, and then giving them the pause to um to uh, be able to be okay with that and. And to uh, assimilate that helps to expand yeah. that window of tolerance. So yeah, that that's. Yeah. I think thought, it. I think that. it was Dr. Stephen Peters. I think it was. And yeah, um, I also learned from uh, Sarah Schlatte that um, that there are two different types of um, parasympathetic because she said she talked about the the dorsal PV and the ventral PV. But she said that the gas pedal doesn't have to be for fight or flight. It can be just for having fun and engaging. And I thought, yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. You know, like they do go into a, a bit of a sympathetic when they're um, they're having fun, right? They're just uh, jerking around in the, in the pasture, tossing their heads and yeah. and stuff like that. They have to be they have to be activated, but they don't have to be activated in fear. They can be activated in joy. Enjoy, so exactly. That's, yeah, that's activation, but, you know, what's the motivation behind the activation? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yes. It was so rich. The other one. There was so much oh, stuff, yeah. So much stuff, I know. The other one was Rupert Isaacson. Um, he, was, he was amazing. And listening to his presentation i went uh, i went after and i looked online to see if i could still get the documentary the horse boy that he did and uh -huh. so i did i was able to buy it from i don't know amazon i think it was and it was only five dollars and and it was really interesting to see the journey that he had that he and his wife had with their son rowan who was autistic now, that in itself would be something for people to go and, and check out. But did you get a chance to meet Rowan? Because the growing up version of Rowan was at the conference as well. Yes, uh, I did. Actually, I, uh, one, my, my, actually, my first breakfast there was I sat with Ro Rupert because uh, I actually work with an autistic boy with one of my horses. And I did want to meet, um, meet and talk to Rupert. Um, and he's, he's just a dynamo. He really is. And I've read he both is. of his books. I've read both of his books and I've seen the movie. Um, but yes, we, I met Rowan. I met Rowan briefly. And what really, what really surprised me about him was his, was his, um, I guess he's got a South African accent, you know, I get, because his wife, they, cause I know he grew up in Texas and his wife, R Rupert's ex-wife was American. I guess I expected Rowan to speak with an American accent, but he has this, he has this like South African accent and, um, you know, he, he's still, he's definitely still autistic on the spectrum, but you know, he's this big guy. He's this really big young man and, um, he, he's very polite. And it was really funny because we were having breakfast and Rupert is 
talking to um, he's talking to a, they call they call he calls him Scub um, on the phone, and he's talking to him in this in the Indian accent. He has this very funny Indian accent. He's talking to him on the phone with and. And he gets off the phone and he's and he's explaining to us why he's talking to him like that. And he said, well, he goes, when I was teaching, when I was teaching Rowan to drive, he said, it scared, it scared the dickens out of both of us. And he goes, how, he asked Rowan, he goes, how can I make this so it's not so scary for us? And Rowan said, you can, you can teach me when you're taught, you can teach me in an Indian accent. So they have these different, he has different accents for different things. And Rupert's got this incredibly great Indian accent that he uses to talk to Rowan when Rowan's scared about things. So he, Rowan was scared about coming downstairs, I guess, and having breakfast and coming to the summit. So he was talking to him in this really fabulous Indian accent on the phone. And it was just, you know, we could hear, it was just so, it was amazing. He's an amazing <laughs> dad. He's an amazing dad of an incredible young man who's, yeah. I mean, he's, he's highly functional um coming we know where he came from right and he's yep. highly functional in the world and that is a complete credit to his parents working so hard to help him through the difficulties he had with, when he was a child you yeah. know and and the boy that i'm working with he was he was coming from pretty much the same place when he was three and putting him on the horse when he was three has changed his life and I'm wondering how many other kids could be helped if they could have gotten on a horse when they were so much younger. Yes. Uh, I don't think it happens when they're so little. And I, I, I wish, I wish for all these little kids, you know, who are identified to be identified earlier and to be helped earlier. Cause um, this little fella is doing great now at the age of four and a half, he's in a regular kindergarten class and he's, you know, I mean, he's autistic still, but he's, he can communicate really well. And it's, it's changed his life. It's changed his parents' life. It's just, mm -hmm. it's blowing. It's mind blowing how healing these horses are, and how how much they can, how much they can do. So listening to 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 uh, going back to Rupert's talk, when he started drawing this stuff on the board and explaining, you know, how the the rhythmic movement of the pelvis releases the oxytocin, which counteracts the cortisol, and it was just, it was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. The science behind it. <laughs> Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I had, well, I mean, I had read that when I was going through my notes, but I had, for, I didn't note it on my brief notes. And I think that that is, um, that is really amazing. You know, like how movement um, can change things as well for the better. And knowing that you can do something, you can use it to your advantage, right? which he did well, because he had a dance session at the beginning of his talk. <laughs> the, dance session, the dance session was so incredibly needed because, you know, this is the, it was the last day of the conference or the, the yeah. summit. And mm -hmm. all of us, we were, we were so heavily loaded with so much information, so much emotion, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, uh, we 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 needed that release so badly and to have such joy such a joyful release and such such togetherness kind of a thing you know it was exactly what we needed right then and and you know uh i'm so grateful to that because it was just perfect absolutely mm -hmm. perfect 
So, um, yeah, I'm, <laughs> you know, everything was perfect. It, it was just such a, it was a, just such an incredible experience. It was really hard to get back to the real world, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I had to have COVID. <laughs> like, oh, you know, I think a lot, okay. of, a lot of us you know, it wasn't just, it wasn't just the COVID, um, but a lot of us crashed. There was a lot of people who got flu and I don't know that it was just that we were exposed because I'm sure we were because I mean, so many of us have isolated. I, I have not been around a, gr a large group of people since COVID started uh, unmasked, mm -hmm. but it was necessary to be unmasked that we were we were unmasked all the way around. Everybody was vulnerable. People were vulnerable and open. And the only way to do it was unmasked because we were unmasked all the way around. I mean, we were just everyone was letting we were open and letting their hair down and if you had a mask on you weren't I, I don't think you could be your complete authentic self you know so um we had to you had to take the chances that we took and if we got sick we got sick and that was just the way it went and unfortunately my husband got sick too and it wasn't it wasn't his fault you know i'm sorry he's he's doing we're all doing better but um yeah you know i don't think it was just that you know we were exposed but everyone had so much to process when we got home that I think uh, that was, and I don't think I slept very well because there was so much going on. There was so much mm -hmm. energy. How do you go to yep. sleep when you're, when you, when you have so much energy flowing through you, you just brain can't. is racing basically. <laughs> so much, so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you don't have anything else that you wanted to talk about, I just wanted to leave it with a comment from Christine Dixon. But if you've got um, some other ones that you'd like to bring up, that's that's fine. Um, it's just a few more people. I just wanted to um, sure point out that um, that I would say that there there were people that you know I, I knew like I said I listened to all of the podcasts, so I was I've li I'm I'm a super major podcast fan. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> um, so I had an idea of what people were about. But when I listened to the podcast summit, people brought stuff with them that was completely unexpected from what, what I didn't expect from them. And I, and I had mm -hmm. done, I had done uh, clinics with some of these people like Jillian, for example, mm -hmm. but what she brought, what she brought was so different from what I had actually expected. And hers was so amazing and so beautiful. I've mm -hmm. actually meditated to it several times since since then. It was just mind blowing. Hers was mind blowing for me, and I'm not saying not the rest of them weren't. They were, but mm -hmm. um, I really, it really hit home for me. And Shay Stewart's, oh my God, those two really were very incredibly moving for me. Um, Jessica mm -hmm. White Plume, Jessica White Plumes was amazing. Um, you know. Uh, I, I think the Dr. Susie did an amazing job. Barbara Schulte. I, the, the, I, there were so many tears, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. The tears of empathy. You know, um, we didn't bring Kleenex the first day, but we did <laughs> after that. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, it, it, it was so beyond my wildest expectations. Yep. Um, I felt so honored and blessed to be there and um, mm -hmm. so connected with everybody who was there and continue to do so. 
there there was um there was a zoom meeting last night with with four of the presenters and with about 50 participants who who were either there on the live the live feed or who were there at the actual summit and mm -hmm. i think they're going to continue doing those things because people just want to keep it going oh. so um if, yeah so if if you well, haven't like done I the said. live yeah. It was hard to get back to the real world, so I'm I'm glad they're going to keep it going. It well, I think it I think it is the real world. I think it's a change in the real world. That's why they're calling it the Woodstock of the horse world. I think it's a a paradigm shift. I think it was already coming, but having mm -hmm. so many people of like minds come together and and I think it's just blossoms and grows and it was it was you know nurtured and mm -hmm. and watered and yeah. and that's creating so much more forward energy than we already had so the ball that was rolling is rolling much faster and the energy has expanded um just astronomically because of this so right. um yeah it's it's awesome <laughs> it's just yeah and awesome. it's not it, not only a lot of people it was a lot of highly credentialed well-known people yeah and but the the other thing that was mentioned is even like last night between the presenters was that they didn't feel like they were they were other than the people of the audience they felt like they were of the audience they felt they felt like the the audience and the guests that were that were there were very much a part of what they were doing that they couldn't have been they couldn't have done what they did or been part of what they did without the guests without the audience that that we were all part of the same thing and that you know i think that christine dixon kind of said that i think it was her or maybe it was Rupert. No, it was Rupert that was saying, you know, any one of you people that are sitting down there in the audience could be up here. You could be doing a podcast. You could be sharing what you have because you all have something valuable to to contribute. Um, and I think that that was a common thread as well. That mm -hmm. that all of us are in this together. You know, we all have something valuable, whether you're speaking up here or not. Yeah. And um. And I think that was super important that that was said that there's there, that were, they were not apart. They were not apart from us that they, that we're all in this together. We're all connected. We're all connected mm -hmm. with the universe. We're connected with our horses. We're connected with each other, that it's all about connection. It's all about love. And, um, yeah. and that was what this whole thing was about. And that's mm -hmm. why it was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and thank, and thank Warwick, and his whole family and everybody who was part of get making this happen because um yeah it was huge for me and for i know for everybody else who who has who it's lives it lives it has touched and all of the horses that it's it's helping and all the animals yeah. and all the people because it it will help all so many lives going forward it's true very true um well oh i could there's more i could say but i don't know like we've been chatting now for almost an hour <laughs> so i'm wondering if we should just keep encouraging people to go and make a purchase uh, i mean 
like this comes from a place of love. It doesn't come from a place of money because I'm not getting anything from su suggesting you go do this. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> go do this. Uh, you won't regret it. Um, and in, in a parting comment, I think I found Christine Dixon's comment um, very important. Uh, if you want to change the world, don't go out and try to prove to people that you know what they need to do and what they're doing is wrong. For sure. I think you you change the world by living your truth. And, uh, mm -hmm. and yeah, do you just do that by by walking your walk? Yeah, so and people will eventually um, start to see that what you're doing is actually working out well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know, you know, I, I know that, you know, some people think I'm kind of weird and that's okay. And <laughs> every time they'll come to me and say, you know, that woo-woo stuff you do with those horses? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. They say, maybe, uh, but you help me with that woo-woo stuff with this or that? I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, I think I should also just add that Leslie Desmond was there and she has written the book for, um, was it Bill Dorrance? She has. I'm trying to remember. And, right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the name of the book? It's called True Horsemanship, True Feel. And Leslie Desmond and, was, she was amazing. I mean, she she had she had some tough things to talk about and um she did and she she was an she's an incredible person and she's an incredible she's a treasure i mean she's she she reminds me a lot of the old trainer we had in our barn <laughs> she's kind of rough and she's kind of raw and she has a yeah. lot of important things that were that needed to be said and yeah and uh, and yeah the thing is is she said i don't even know what you're talking about with this woo woo stuff she says i don't get it i just know what i know and then <laughs> <laughs> so that was her truth yeah yeah that was her truth and i think there's something for everybody from that conference so i think it would be a really great idea just to uh to go and purchase the recording and take some time and listen to what the presenters had to say. And it may um, spark you to um, have a little look at some of the other podcasts that are out there, some of the other um, courses or clinics that you can attend. And what the heck, you know, winter is a good time. I don't know. Anyway, winter in Alberta is a good time to go and have a look at some other things that are out there because we don't wind up working so much with our horses in the winter. Mm, I yeah. bet. Well, if you're if you're looking for the the podcast summit, um, the the live stream, you can go to summit.warwickshiller.com. That's where you're going to find it. And I also right. don't get anything for you going for it either. It's just to, <laughs> to share with you yep. to share with you all the good stuff that was out there because it was uh, it's life changing kind of stuff. I mean, people literally in the summit were feeling the ground shift uh people were getting vertigo i mean that i think that there was so much energy and so much um i think especially people who are real they're real heady the people who are in their heads a lot um and were really trying to make sense of it i think a lot of this is feel that you just if you just go with it and not try to overthink it too much just kind of let it settle with you and um, and not try to, to. There's a lot to. There's a lot to process. So um, if you mm -hmm. do do you get the summit, and you do 
go through it. There's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of information and stuff. And um, just yeah. try and take it in little bits. <laughs> Don't try to <laughs> consume it all because there's a lot there. Um, yeah. And just let it settle on you however it's going to and um, and uh, enjoy it because it's, it's, yeah. it's delicious. <laughs> it, it was really. delicious. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Well, Jane, yeah. thank you so much. I know that I kind of blindsided you with this whole thing. And <laughs> I want to thank, and I think it's okay to mention her name, just Rhonda. Uh, I thank Rhonda for connecting you and I because I just felt that... Um, I could talk about this all I wanted on my own, but it would really help to have somebody else um, who was there and who had another perspective to bring. And I thank you so much for being that person, Jane. Well, you're you're welcome. I I was um, anxious about doing this because <laughs> this isn't my kind of thing, but I I was all in for the summit. I really I love it, and I love the podcast, and I love what work is doing. And um, I think it's really great stuff. So uh, I, I'm wholeheartedly into this. So yeah, it was a good place to do do this kind of thing for me. So thank you okay. for inviting me. Oh, no problem. And I believe when I end this recording that there's an opportunity for you to stay in the studio and you're welcome to stay and chat with me if you'd like. Okay, great. So if your interest is piqued and you'd like to invest in the learning that's available, Go to summit.warwickshiller.com. Remember that Warwick is spelled W-A-R-W-I-C-K and Schiller is spelled S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R. So that's summit.warwickshiller.com. I'm sure they would appreciate knowing how you found out about the replay, so feel free to let them know. I have to give kudos to someone in Alberta from a long time ago when we first began our podcast. This podcast first began in January 2007, and around that time, Sonia Vischer created the first conference I had ever encountered that addressed the human and health connection between horses and people. She ran a few of these, and we have interviews with some of the presenters. Josh Nickel was one of them. As a matter of fact, we have also interviewed Dr. Stephen Peters and Karen Rolfe at other conferences. So the Health, Harmony and Horses Conference was what Sonia began way back in 2007. It, it didn't go for too many years, but it was pretty awesome when it did. The best way to find the interviews that we did from way back then, and equally interesting ones, is to access the podcast archive. The podcast archive is where I can upload an episode the spoken word is automatically transcribed into text, and that text is searchable by you. The archive is on a private hub that isn't searchable by Google. So the easiest way to access it is to go to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash equinelyinclined, and there's a pinned or featured video at the top of the page. Play it to get a sneak peek of the hub and learn how you can access it. If you aren't on Facebook, but you want to access the archive, just send an email to podcast at canadaequine.com and put about the podcast archive in the subject line. I'd be happy to help you out. Well, there went the schedule of trying to stick to getting a podcast episode out every two weeks, but <laughs> I'm still going to keep trying. So hopefully I'll have one out very soon. 
Um, I don't know if I'm going to wait two weeks or if I'm going to put it out in a week, so we'll see. Uh, time marches on and I don't want to get behind. And if you wondered when the last episode was late, you'll see there was an announcement made on the Equinely Inclined Facebook page. So it's a good idea to go there, facebook.com slash equinelyinclined, and like or follow the page so you'll be notified of changes or other announcements. So until the next episode, stay curious. Bye for now and give your horses big hugs for me.